As you think about, Lord, I'm amazed by you. There's there has to be um, some spiritual growth in your life. I I guess the word picture I have in my mind is when Peter's telling uh, us or the church there to love the word of God the way children love, the way newborns love milk and love food. And there's a temptation to stay as newborn and expect your God just to do what you want him to do. And then there takes some spiritual growth to take place to say, okay, Lord, I am amazed by you. No matter where we are. It's easier to stay like a newborn and want it your way and be self-centered. And it's easy to sing, Lord, I'm amazed by you. But then when we say, okay, Lord, we have grown up. We do see you doing things. And when we're going to make a choice. You know, I, I remember when our kids were little, as soon as they learn how to walk, they're like, you know what, I really don't need you anymore. They want to get down, get down, go, go, go. Maybe we need to stop getting down and say, you know what, Dad, I need to come home again and have a conversation with you. I need to develop my relationship. So I come to you and not trying to get away like a newborn. Let me free, let me free, let me free. Come back and say, wait a second, Psalm 91, you are a strong tower. You are a fortress. You are a rock that I can cling to. Instead of saying, hey, it's about me today. That's a little side note. That has nothing to do with my message. So anyway, just thinking about it as we were singing. You have your Bible, Matthew chapter 13. I want to do something this morning that might be a little bit different, but um, take you to Matthew chapter 13. And I've titled my uh, our time together, Weeds and Mustard Seeds. And so this morning, as you go to Matthew chapter 14, if you go to verse um, 24, and uh, if you read there a little bit, it says, uh, Jesus' words, he put, um, he put another parable before them, saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while he was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, The weeds appeared also, and the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you want us not to sow good seed in your field? How then is it weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No. Lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow until they harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat in my barn. Verse 31, faith. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of the seeds, but when it's grown, it's larger than the plants, the garden plants, and became a tree. So the birds of the air come and make their nests in its branches. I want to do something with this. I want to go with the mustard seed first, and I'll I'll show you in a second why. What I want you to see this morning as you think about faith as a mustard seed, as Jesus tells this parable, I realize that you cannot see that, but a, a mustard seed is very small. So as Jesus is talking to this group of people, he wants them to think about simple faith. He wants them to think about small things. Things start in small packages. 
So a mustard seed, to all of them, they would have known the smallness of the mustard seed. It's also interesting that he tells them to go out and sow seed. So there's a man uh, there's a man who took the seed into his field. It's the smallest of the seeds that are sown, but when it is grown, it is larger than all. Interesting as you read about this parable, Jesus doesn't answer this parable. I started out with the weeds, and I'm going to take you farther down in Matthew chapter 13, and you're going to see Jesus actually respond to the parable and say, okay, this is what this parable means. Jesus is not going to do this with the mustard seed. But it's interesting as you think about Jesus, as he's talking to these people, he's thinking about the smallness. Now, I want to do a little word picture with you. I want you to think about a baby that was born in a manger. And I want you to think back 2,000 years ago. And I want you to think about where it says in John chapter 1, uh, verse 46, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And so as these disciples are now around with their Messiah, their Jesus, and they're following him around and he's talking, and some of, are started, some of them are grasping it, some of them are like, you know what, we really don't want this. But Jesus starts with something very small, a baby that was born in a manger. And now you have this Messiah that's walking and talking. And now this individual is going to choose disciples. Think about faith of mustard seed, think about small. Do you realize this morning that not one of Jesus' disciples was a Jewish leader? Not one. Not one of Jesus' disciples were well-educated men. They were mostly just fishermen, tax collectors. Faith of a mustard seed. Do you realize as you think about this word picture that the King of kings and the Lord of lords placed all of his basket or all of his hope in one person whose name was Jesus that was born in a manger 2,000 years ago? Something small, but the faith of a mustard seed. And you fast forward that now to 2,000 years later and you think about the gospel and how it spread around the world. And it's interesting to me as you read about this weeds and the wheat, and then, and then like kind of here in the middle of nowhere you have this concept of a mustard seed, faith. Simple faith. Small faith. And he's going to say some things to you about weeds. But you need to hear this very clearly before we go on in this passage of Scripture. okay? Because he's going to narrow it down to two types of people very quickly here. And it's all going to deal with this whole concept of faith. And it's all going to deal with this whole concept of faith and how it's affected your life. And you read on a little bit farther. So if you read just the next verse, he says, He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leaven. I'm thinking, what in the world? I mean, I I do nothing with baking. Um, So I started to think about something that Susan makes. And Susan likes to make cinnamon rolls, and I like these plates. So I was at these plates the other yesterday, and they have this new thing called a sweet area. So I went and bought a cinnamon roll. I'm not saying this cinnamon roll is for me. It's going to depend what happens after the end of this hour because my wife also likes cinnamon rolls. And I was told I left two cinnamon rolls at my house this morning for Seth and Rachel. And she knew I had one more cinnamon roll. And she said, by the way, you know that cinnamon, is that cinnamon roll for me? So I know that some of this cinnamon roll is not going to get all of mine, okay, which I'm okay with that. 
I don't, I don't mind sharing with her. But what I want you to see something here, okay? And it's a cinnamon roll. You know what I love about a cinnamon roll? It's sweet all the way through. It doesn't matter where I'm going to start. And I probably won't share it with you, so just so you're aware of that. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'll tell you up front. No matter where I start, it's going to be something sweet in this cinnamon roll every single bite. You know what's interesting? How has the gospel made you sweet? Because you know what we have a tendency to do? We keep the gospel in certain parts of our life and we don't let it infiltrate to all areas of our lives. Faith of the mustard seed. And so this morning as we go on in this passage of Scripture, you're going to come to face-to-face with the reality of how have you allowed the gospel to affect who you are. And don't be mistaken here. This isn't something that you can pick and choose. The gospel isn't something that I can, I can pick up right here and say, yeah, I love you, Jesus. I've asked for forgiveness of my sins. And then I can go any way I want to go. That's not how the gospel works. Okay? And please, please do not think about anybody else right now but yourself. Because I know what we'll do. I'll start asking some questions. How has the gospel made you sweet? And you're going to think of five other people or your spouse or five other people that you think the gospel need to change because they say that they love Jesus, but it's not affected this area of their life and 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 this area of their life. You're not the judge this morning, okay? You didn't die on the cross. He's not asking for your opinion. But how has the gospel, by simple faith, as small as the mustard feed, seed affected who you are this morning. How has the gospel sweetened you like cinnamon, as sweet how the cinnamon roll is sweet on every single bite? And I know if we would go this morning, I realize that we could walk around this morning and all of us sitting here would say, do you love Jesus? And I know what every single one of you would say, yes. But my question back to you is, where is the gospel changing you today? Where are you going to allow, by faith, the gospel to be authoritative in your life? The faith of the mustard seed. As you read on in Matthew, drop down to verse 36. When he left the crowds and went inside the house, don't read over that real fast. Know that that's another little word picture of him. In Matthew chapter 12, he was teaching and preaching to all the crowds. And then Matthew chapter 12, they said, oh, by the way, he casts out demons in the power of Berlazabov and Satan. And so he's not about about him. So Jesus said, fine, I don't need the masses. I'm going to teach in parables from now on. And I'm going to go into houses and I'm going to answer the question. What I want you to see is something that's very interesting about this question. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. Is that interesting to you? They don't want to know about the wheat. They want to know about the weeds of the field. Now, I don't know, maybe it was because a little bit before that he said, yeah, we're going to gather these, the, the weeds, and we're going to gather the wheat, and we're going to burn the weeds, and so maybe they want to know about the burning. I don't know specifically why they're so interested in the weeds, but the scripture says, he answered, 
the one who sows the seed is the Son of Man. So you're going to have some people involved in this passage of Scripture. You have the Son of Man, okay? The field is the world. So the field. So the Son of Man is going to come and sow into the field. He's going to come sow into the world. And the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. Just stop there for a second. So you have good seed and you have weeds who are the sons of the evil one. Jesus is very clear here as he answers this question. There is no in-between. You either belong to Jesus or you don't. You either belong to him or you don't. So, back to my cinnamon roll. If we don't, not not me, no, let me wait. If you don't see the sweetness of the gospel affecting areas of your life, do not kid yourself, you do not belong to Jesus. Now, I'm not asking for, I'm not saying perfection, okay? I'm asking, do you see conviction? Do you hear that little, you probably shouldn't say that. Well, I know that the scripture says I shouldn't do this, but I want to, it's fun. If there's no tap, tap, tap on the shoulder later on saying, you know what, you enjoyed your fun, but that was sin, and there's no call in your heart to come back to repentance, I don't know if you know Jesus personally. And I'm not saying this for me. I'm not one that's the judging here. Okay, I, I have no judgment. But what I'm concerned is people come and they gather in a building and they think they're sons of Jesus and they're the good seed, and they're not. Because we've grown up in a generation where we just want you to be okay. We don't want to offend you. And I'm going to put a word on the screen in just a minute. And I realize that you're not going to high-five each other and say, well, I'm so forward-looking to going back to Bible Fellowship Church next week. But I want you to know something. I love you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm not here to play games. Okay? And the scripture is very clear. By faith, you either belong to him or you do not belong to him. Do not get confused here. Okay? Good seed, bad seed, weeds. Now, keep on reading. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out uh, his kingdom all that causes sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into, what does your Bible say? Can I tell you something? There's going to be a judgment day. And it's going to be judged where you're going to spend eternity is going to be what you've done with simple faith, faith of the mustard seed. What you have done with the gospel, either yes, you have said yes to the gospel and say, Jesus, by faith, I'm going to place 
my trust in you for the forgiveness of my sins. I also realize that you live in an age that I thought would never come. I didn't think we would ever, ever hear somebody stand up and open the word of God and say to us, there's not a literal hell. I never thought I would ever enter into that day. But we have, ladies and gentlemen, and there are churches this morning that will open up the word of God and they'll read that fiery lake and they'll say, nope, it's just, that's, that's not what he really meant. Because a loving God is not going to send anyone to hell. And they will even go this far, okay? And I've, they've come and I've, and I've talked to these, a person like this. They said, you know what? You just talk about hell because you want to scare people and you want to make money as a church. That's what they tell me. Now, be careful, because we could say, well, they're really bad, and the Holy Spirit saying to you, hey, listen, you say you have faith of the mustard seed, but you're not as sweet as you think you are. And the gospel has not affected this area, and this area, and this area, and this area of your life. So don't be judgmental, okay? Take the truth of Scripture. And so this morning, the Word of God says that there will be a day of judgment, and there will be a time where people will be separated, and guess what? Those who do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior will not be in the Bahamas. They will not be in Hawaii. Okay? There's not going to be a party. All the lawbreakers will be thrown into a fiery place, and in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their fathers. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. On the flip side of the weeping and gnashing of teeth, Lord, share with us this morning, Revelation chapter 21. He will wipe away every tear. When? When God is with us forever. There will be no more pain. There will be no more sorrow. Simple faith. I'm just saying, yep, Jesus, I believe in you. And so I don't do a lot of this, but I just want to put this on the screen for you. As you think about judgment, okay, and I think about when I'm going to spend eternity, so here's kind of how I look at it. You have the cross where Jesus died on the cross. You have the next box called Church Age. I think that's where we are right now, All right? There will be a day that Christ is going to return and, and, and take the, the, the believers out of here. We call that the rapture of the church, gone. And there's going to be a tribulation period, all right? And there's great debate about this. So if you have a different point of view, don't come talk to me about it. I'm not going to argue about this. I will not take a bullet for all this stuff, Okay. But I'm telling you, whenever it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and it doesn't have me to tell us when it's going to happen. God will judge the earth. There will be a rapture. People are going to be taken out of here. We're going to be gone. Guess what? If the restrainer's gone, the Holy Spirit's gone, there's going to be great tribulation. There will be a millennial reign of Christ, thousand years reign of Christ. He'll come rule and reign. And at the end of that thousand years, he rules and reign. Satan will have one last chance, is my thought process. As I look through the book of Revelation, have one more chance to try to overthrow Jesus. At the end of that time frame, it will be over. Jesus will say, that's it. You're gone. Satan, you're banished to eternity for hell for eternity. You're gone. And then there will be a new Jerusalem, new heaven and new earth. Can I explain all that in in Revelation chapter 21? No. I don't understand streets of gold. I don't understand how you're going to put all those who've said yes to Jesus in this area. I realize that's going to be huge, but it doesn't make sense. My mind cannot comprehend that, and I don't don't have to because I'm not God. I'm not building it. 
But I want you to know this, this day, you will be judged. And you will be judged on simple faith and what you have done with the gospel to allow it to affect your life. Or you'll be judged on saying, you know what, I don't need this Jesus, fine, in separation for eternity in the lake of hell. Weeping and gnashing of teeth for eternity. So here we are. Do you know him? Yeah, I'm not asking you if you follow in rules. I'm not asking you if you come to church, which we think it's great to have you here. Okay? I'm not asking you, yes, one, two, three, yes, I I I follow the rules. No, I'm not asking you that. That's legalism. I'm asking you, do you know him personally? by faith has there been a time where you said you know what I agree with the word of God not a pastor it's not a prayer I agree with the word of God what does the word of God say what is the gospel the gospel is Romans 3.23 all have sinned Romans 5.8 he demonstrated his love towards us and that while we are yet sinners Christ died for us Romans 10 if we confess with our mouth Lord Jesus and believe in our heart Has there been a time where your lips have said, I am asking for forgiveness? I am placing my faith in the risen Christ for the payment of my sin. Has there been a time for you? And I'm pretty sure we would go around, yes, 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 yes. That's incredible. Okay? And that's between you and Jesus. Now, if you say that you know him, what has changed? Do not think about your spouse. Do not think about your neighbor. Do not think about your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren. Okay? What has the gospel sweetened in you? What has it changed? How has it moved into who you are as an individual? And one of the things that I've done in my Bible, and I pray that you will do this. If you have a Bible, please write in it. Put stuff in it. But what I've done next to this whole mustard seed passage of Scripture, I've written Psalm 91, 1 and 2. So let me just read it to you. Psalm 91, 1 and 2. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadows of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, and my fortress. My God in whom I trust. I've put next to faith as a mustard seed, Psalm 103. May I never, ever get over the benefits of forgiveness of my sin, who heals my diseases, who redeems my life, who crowns me with steadfast love and compassion, who satisfies you with good things. Put, in the, put next to the mustard seed, Psalm 23. How has he restored your soul now that you call him your Savior? 
Where do you see you were like a newborn babe saying, hey, Dad, this is what I want. Hey, Jesus, this is what I want. And now you're over here saying, hold on a second, Father. I don't want anything. I'm just trusting in you. It's you and me, and it's a relationship. Are you still like that? (laughs) I love to watch people. I love to watch two-year-olds, three-year-olds. I love to watch them pitch a fit and work, Mom and Dad. I've been there. I know exactly what's taking place. I'm so thankful I don't have to do that anymore. But are we still like the two-year-old saying, Daddy, I want ice cream. And the Heavenly Father says, I want you to trust. Well, this, this is what everybody else says is fun. This is what's acceptable. Are you saying, wait a second. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works that no one should boast. For you are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece. And I know I've said this before, and I realize, I know, I know. But I'm none of you looked in, the, most of you didn't look in the mirror this morning and say, wow, I am a masterpiece. Woo! Y'all are like, oh boy. And really, really, it should be. I am his masterpiece. He made me this way. Some of you can smack a golf ball farther than I've ever seen it fly before. You have eye-hand coordination that I will never have. Guess what? He can take your eye-hand coordination away just like that. Bam. If you start walking around and say, yeah, check out me, boy. I can hit a golf ball. I got eye-hand coordination. You were given eye-hand coordination. You don't have anything. Do you know? Do you remember the day that you placed your faith in Christ? Nothing more, nothing less. Maybe it wasn't a day. I don't I don't have I can't I remember Paul Patton scaring scaring the hell out of me. I'm like, that's it, I'm going to heaven. Whatever he says, I'm in, baby. I'm not sure really sure if that's the day that I put my faith in Christ or not. Or if it was when I was nineteen years old, standing next to I think it's Asia dorm down there by the water, saying, Listen. I don't know what you have for me, but I'm done. I'm done. So whatever you want out of my life, it's yours. I don't know where it was. But I know one thing. When I start to read, I don't hear audible voices. I love to hear my father speak to me through the word of God. I love to see the things written in red. I don't want a Bible that's not red letter anymore. I want to read Jesus' words. And he's saying to you, there's going to be a judgment. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Hear this morning. How has the gospel sweetened you? Let's pray.
Father, I don't know what you want to do in individual lives, and it doesn't really matter what what you want to do. What matters is will we hear you today? So, Father, whatever you're saying to each individual sitting in this pews this morning, may they consider simple faith, faith as a mustard seed, small. That's where you started 2,000 years ago in a manger. And the world was saying, nothing's good going to come out of Nazareth. It's just a podunk town. There's nothing there. Yeah, there was. There was a baby that was born in a manger. Your son. And your son chose disciples that nobody else would have chosen. Because it was going to be about the gospel in you. And it was never going to be about an individual to take any credit whatsoever. And now all of us are sitting here today with the opportunity to hear the gospel because of 12 men, ordinary men. And the gospel spread around the world. So may we have simple faith like them. But may it not just be head knowledge. Thank you that you allowed Peter to deny you so you could restore him so upon this rock you would build a church. So maybe you need some restoration this morning. Maybe you're coming to realization for the first time that you're not as sweet as you think you are because you really don't know him. All you know about him, but you don't know him. So if you don't know him, Accept them today. It's a free gift by faith. And those of you that say you know them and you've been around church for a long time, maybe it's time for you to come to face to face with the reality that you're not as spiritually mature as you think you are. And the gospel hasn't really affected every area of your life. So may you humble yourself this morning. You'd stop doing life in your own strength. It's totally against what you probably could quote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean on your understanding. But the majority of your life has been on your understanding. And it has not been about leaning. So may you come face to face with reality, with the truth of the Word of God. That it's calling you to sweeten up. That it's calling you to let to break down walls. It's calling you to heal foundations. It's calling you to trust Him. So, Father, thank you that we've come face-to-face with the Word of God today from your Word. May we walk out of here changed individuals. And may the gospel move in every area of our life. Because one day, Jesus, I'm going to look you face-to-face. And I don't want to have any, well, you know, well, no. I want to be on my face before you. Thank you. Thank you that you took your words and you molded them into my heart and you are changing me. May you change all of us today because we know the gospel and because we will allow the gospel to work in who we are. In your name I pray. Amen.